Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 191. You've got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to talk about doing preventative maintenance on your gear, be that guns, associated kit, um, etc., so that when you need your stuff to perform, um, it is ready to actually perform um, and won't, hopefully won't let you down um, because something easy that should have been fixed before you needed to fix it um, didn't get fixed. Yes. I mean, just talking about the preventable stuff. I mean, literally PM, preventable, preventative maintenance. Yes. Um, let's start with handguns since that's what we carry pretty much every day and whatnot and just kind of work front to back and, and go gear wise too. Um, handguns, clean your gun. Uh, you know, we're, we're really bad about that. Uh, that's just like the pot screaming at the kettle, you know, calling the kettle black. Um, clean your gun occasionally. I don't care if it's, you know, uh, oh, look, it's Christmas. I'll clean my gun because it's Christmas. Well, you know, whatever the case may be. Why would you clean your gun at Christmas? Exactly. I mean, you know, it, well, it's that time of the year, right? So you're watching, uh, what's the movie? Die Hard. Die Hard. There you go. You're watching Die Hard. Get your gun out and clean your gun. And then you can dry fire practice at Hans Gruber, you know, to make sure there's no ammo in the room. Don't, yeah. don't smoke your new 80-inch OLED you know, 4K, whatever, Thielio, um, or do, so we can all laugh at you. Either way, just don't hurt your neighbor's kid doing it. <laughs> um, either way. So uh, clean your gun, uh, lube your gun, um, change out or, or assess whether or not you need to change out recoil springs, um, assess whether or not you need to change out trigger return springs, assess whatever the wear maintenance parts are on your gun. Um, you know, the Glock, uh, pre, pre-Gen 4 Glocks with the single recoil spring system were 5,000 rounds, anything past that. Um, you started to see some weirdness, and you could go a lot further than that before you are going to have issues. Um, the new dual recoil spring systems last longer. Trigger return springs on Glocks um, on the Gen 3 and Gen 4 guns and earlier were uh, 5,000 round parts. Um, you might have had bad luck and had one break before that if it was a bad run. You might have gone a lot longer than that and not had problems, but either way, um, you know, those are things that are, if you don't know how to change them out, go to an armor, go to a gunsmith, have them do that kind of stuff for you um, with OEM parts. Um, but, you know, go from there and make sure that those wear parts, if you're at those cycles, if you've got that many rounds to the gun, make sure you're chasing that down and staying ahead of that. Um, also, on the, on, on the trigger return spring, I would count dry fire cycles in yes, that number. Yes, absolutely. So if you are training, you know, dry fire a lot with your gun. Um, you're going to need to change out the trigger return spring a lot more frequently than somebody just shoots their gun at the range. Yeah, and the trigger return spring will not be a stretched spring where you will where it will be obvious it'll break. It'll just it'll just decide it's done and will break on you. So it is one of those things that you're not going to get any warning on a Glock trigger return spring. So um, on other weapon systems out there, you know, read up on them and see you know what they recommend, what their service interval intervals are. Um, you know, whatever the brand is, I'm sure they've all got similar recommendations. Um, but you know, run it till it broke is probably not the best way to do that. So, um, if you have, uh, G and widgets on your gun, I'm going to talk about optics. If you've mounted an optic on your gun, you know, once a year, I know maybe this is extreme, but once a year, go through and pull the screws on the optic, change the battery out. If you need to change the battery out, which I mean, if you're running a Trigicon RMR or something like that, where you've got to pull it off anyway, you could go ahead and pull it, service it, put a new battery in it. Um, and then from there, uh, go ahead and and remount it. Um, you know, blue Loctite, proper torque values, etc. Do your thing there and, and make sure that that's squared away. And then go re-zero it and and just make sure you're ready to rock and roll. Um, iron sights on Glocks. There's a front post screw. Um, if that screw was installed with red Loctite, leave it alone. 
you know, grab it with your fingers. If it doesn't move, you're good. Um, if it was in, if you installed a blue Loctite, pull it out and reinstall it with red Loctite and go on. Um, rear sights generally might have a set screw or something like that. Uh, set screws on rear sights probably should be blue Loctite because you need to be able to, to zero the gun and change it around or whatever. But again, pull it, clean it, re-blue Loctite it and go on. Um, follow the manufacturer's instructions for Loctite. You do not need to dip the whole screw in Loctite. You need to put a drop of it on appropriately at the area of engagement and go, go forward and send no more. Um, but again, torque values, whatever those may be, and go on. Um, if you have anything added to the gun that has screws, um, mag wells and stuff like that, curious thing that popped up with a mag well, it's probably been about a year ago now, uh, had a guy at the range, um, not, not one of our dudes, but messing around with the gun and how it, mags wouldn't stay, wouldn't seat in the gun, aftermarket mag well, kind of a race gun-ish gun. Um, thought, oh, the new, did you put new base plates on your mags? No, been using them for years, been using this setup for years. Had a screw back out on a mag well, and it just separated the mag well from the gun enough that all of a sudden mags wouldn't seat. And, and, and we found out later that it wasn't actually a screw that backed out. There's a locking block, expandable block type system that the screw goes into in the block and the grip of a, it was a Glock in this case. And as the screw goes into it, it expands it almost like, like a redneck reference, but like a drywall anchor or something like that. Um, that somehow decided it was going to let go and slide out of the gun a little bit, but it was it also held onto yeah. it, so it wasn't just floating around. Um, you know, just little things like that that pop up. And, and I'm sure, you know, with other weapon systems, there's other things to concern yourself with. Um, you know, but go through and look at those wear items and make sure that you're staying ahead of that game if you're at that maintenance cycle. And that's why it's a good reason to keep somewhat of an idea of what kind of round count you have through the gun. Um, if you just go out and blaze away and you don't have any idea... Stuff will break eventually. Hopefully it's not when you actually need the gun or when you're paying for a class or a training opportunity or whatever where you've got, you know, a, a high rate of return and investment in that time frame and you're losing out on it because of that. Yeah, to add to that, um, things on handguns that have screws in them, the X, Surefire X300 Ultra-A model, um, those two rails on the side have three little screws on each side. Yep. Um, Surefire does not put Loctite on those screws from the factory. Um, I've rattled them loose in a class before. It happens. Haven't had the didn't have the light fall off, but the light was definitely banging around, like rattling around underneath the gun. And I'd say the same thing for um, it, you know the the side mount. If you're running a Surefire X300 um, Ultra Dash Bravo, there's a side screw that goes through it. Um, run that screw out, put a drop of blue Loctite on it, run it back in so it doesn't come loose mm -hmm. on you. Um, and, and with any of the other lights too, the TLR7 Flexes all have that side screw system. Um, but yeah, the A's, you're not the only one that I know that's happened to on the Alpha where the, they've changed out a block, like a locking block, yeah. went from a pick block to a universal or a universal block to a pick block to go on a gun and put it back together. Um, those kits have Loctite in them for that reason. So if you do change it out, you can put Loctite on it and put it back together. Um, if your Loctite is, you know, older than, I don't know, Methuselah, then you might consider buying a new thing, a 242 from Walmart, um, Napa, yeah. Auto Parts, wherever. Or honestly, the, I like the glue stick a lot. Um, you can yeah. get the glue stick for 242 yeah. off of Amazon. Um, I use that a lot on the motorcycles. A lot easier to apply. Yeah. A lot easier to apply. Um, the only issue I've had with the glue stick is that if you're not buying the Loctite brand, there's another brand. Uh, we've got a, a couple guys that use those in manufacturing and have really good luck with it. Um, I have not had good luck with the glue stick on plastic 
where there's any plastic involved mm. for whatever reason. I don't know, and maybe that's just me. Maybe yeah. I'm, maybe I'm doing something wrong. I don't know. Uh, but either way, uh, you know, 242 or the equivalent glue stick version. You know, but just check your stuff and make sure it's ready to go. Um, the other thing you might consider too, paint pen. Um, I don't know if you can paint pin the bottom of that deal because it's plastic on an X300, but you can paint pin your side screw if you're running a Bravo or running a TLR7. You can also paint pin your screws on your optic. Uh, really good idea. Anything with threads on it that can come loose, having a mark on it is a really good idea. Um, anything else with the gun specifically? Uh, if you're running a plastic mag catch in a g43x g48 running shield mags um, change it change it I mean, to a metal one honestly do you have a metal one in yep. there you know one of the steel um shield arms mag releases yes um but if you do have a plastic or an aluminum one you know make sure that stuff like that works yes um you know any kind of aftermarket base pads have this like on the terrans yeah you got the set screw that holds the little pin in place um, make sure that stuff's all still tight, good to go. Yeah, and the, and be aware that if you screw with that set screw on your Terran Tactical and something goes sideways, they will tell you that that's not something you should be screwing with. They'll tell you that that's not a warranty issue, so don't lose it. If you lock tight it, don't screw it up, and if you break something, don't just don't screw it up. Yeah. I don't know what the rules are, but I know a couple different times people have messed around with that screw, and Terran, their response from Terran from TTI is, that's not an end-user adjustable part. It has the proper tension. Leave it alone. Um, so just be aware of that as well as you're messing yeah. around with it. Um, going from the gun to the thing you put it in. Holsters. holsters. All, you know, holsters have all kind of Chicago screws and screws and, and, and nuts and stuff like that that need to be checked. Run through, pull those out one at a time, clean them up, put a drop of blue Loctite on them. Anything that needs lubed, lube. Um, if the holster needs wiped down with something like Armor All or something like that, you know, blow the three inches of belly button fuzz out of it that have accumulated over the last year if you haven't maintained it. Um, that's the kind of crap that can get in, in your sights. It can get in your optics. It can get in weird parts of the gun. Um, so, you know, blow it out, blow a cloth, you know, run a cloth through it, do whatever you got to do to clean it up. Uh, a little bit of Armor All or, or whatever, Bolteron or whoever decides that you should use on it to keep it clean and shiny and pretty and slick. Um, you know, do that to it, but, but most importantly, pull the screws, um, you know, and if you've got a screw some of these screws on these holsters, especially like the nut end of it, the nut plate and stuff like that, that is not super dense, hard metal. Sometimes it's aluminum. Um, if there's corrosion in or around it, maybe find some new ones and replace them as needed. If they, if they seem to be corroding, um, because they won't last forever and under significant stress, I'd hate to see the plate on that nut shear off or something like that kind of mentality. Yeah but at the very least blue Loctite and put it back together. Or it becomes so corroded that it kind of loosens up, but it doesn't loosen up all the way, but you can't tighten it either. Exactly. Yeah. And then it's, and then that sucks because you've got to dremel the end of it off and then put a new one on. So, and hopefully not fletch your holster up in the process. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's other things out there. Um, you know, just looking at the condition of your holster running around the edges of it. Are there any cracks anywhere? Uh, because little cracks become big cracks. Um, so follow that, you know, and look at those. If there's a crack somewhere, it's time to replace it. It's no longer serviceable. Kydex does wear out. Um, if it's leather, same thing on the screws, check the screws, Loctite them. Look at your leather. If it's cracking significantly, leather does not last forever. It generally has a better service life than Kydex, unless you are a fat, sweaty guy, or you're working in a high humidity environment or a high rain environment. Um, again, look for cracks, stuff like that. Clean it, re-moisturize uh, re it, recondition it, whatever it is. Find some saddle soap. If you don't know, if you have leather stuff and don't know what saddle soap is, you're wrong. Fix yourself um, and go from there. So and yeah. maintain your stuff in that regard. So cool. Rifles. Rifles. All right. Uh, front to back 
if you have a muzzle device, whether you're running a can or not, check the check the muzzle device. Make sure nothing's loosey goosey. If you got a crush washer, um, you know maybe grab it with a torque wrench and confirm that torque value or whatever the case may be. Um, if anything moves and you have a muzzle device that a suppressor is on and something moves or twitches around, then you know that it was probably loosey goosey or not torqued properly to begin with. Uh, if you're doing a muzzle device and for a suppressor for a uh, an NFA item like that. Um, they're very expensive. When you shoot a hole through it, it's really embarrassing and it sucks and could be dangerous. Um, if you don't know how to torque it properly, you don't know what rock set is, you don't know what shims are, take it to a gunsmith that knows what they're doing and have them do it. Um, but you want to, you know, check, make sure everything's not loose. Again, the paint pin thing on a muzzle device is kind of hard because it will burn off, yeah. um, you know, or get beaten off the gun as you're working around barricades and out of vehicles and things of that nature. Um, but, you know, just check the muzzle device, make sure that it's, it's solidly on the gun, affixed to the gun. Um, if there's any question, then there's no question. Have somebody reattach it properly if you don't know how. And if you do know how, then do it the right way. Clean your threads, um, acetone, get everything off there, reapply rock yeah. set, and, and time everything back down, torque everything back down appropriately. Um, or, again, have somebody who knows what they're doing, do it. Yeah. If you do have a professional doing it, um, you may consider actually pinning and welding that muzzle device on there when you rock set it. Um, just as an added bit of insurance yep. to make sure it doesn't move around. Yeah. Yeah. If you've committed to a system, if you've committed to a brand or a system and you know, that's going to kind of, you're not worried about having legacy stuff, you know, you're running surefire or whatever, rock out with your bad self and make sure it's not going anywhere. Um, for sure. Um, moving back the barrel, uh, gas blocks. Yeah. If you have a gas block that's especially one screwed onto the gun, if you have a pinned on gas block, oh, well, no, don't probably no biggie. Make sure the pins in there. Uh, maybe grab it and try and twist it a little bit if you can, if you can get to it. Um, if it's under the handguard and it's pinned, I wouldn't even mess with it. I just leave it go. Uh, if you have set screws in it, you might consider, you know, I don't know if it's on a on an annual basis or what kind of time frame, but on some kind of regular time frame, maybe you want to, depending on how difficult it is to pull that handguard off and what it does to the rest of the system of the gun, which again, we're back to, um, you know, it's one of those things that may never, ever need to be touched. If you bought a good quality gun, I'm not going to let it go. I'm probably just going to let that go. Um, even if it's screwed on, if it's a BCM, if it's a Daniel Defense, if it's an LWRC, if it's a whomever, I'm probably not going to worry about it until the gun tells me I need to worry about it because I don't want to pull off the handguard either. I don't think you're going to avoid a warranty. I just think you're probably creating more problems for yourself than you're solving. Um, if it's a home-built gun, maybe strip that thing down. Um, and after you've done it a couple times and you haven't found any problems, then you know you can leave what you built alone. Um, if it's your buddy's gun, maybe help them do it too. Yeah. Uh, but you know, check those, check those screws. If you can get to them with a paint pen, again, it's an area that gets hot. I don't know how well the paint pen is going to hold on to it. If you have a scribe, especially a, like an engraver or something like that, you can engrave a set line across it, but it's going to be there forever, which in theory, it should be there forever. So, especially um, if you rock set those screws in. Exactly. And the other thing too, is if the gun's out of service anyway, if you're not using it for a while, maybe you pull the top end of the gun off pay whatever money it is to have like ADCO um, drill and pin the barrel and go from there, you know, send it off and have that done that you won't have to worry about that in the future. Um, same thing with the handguard, with the free float handguard, you know, check it, make sure that the screws are tight, paint pin those. Um, you know, if something seems wonky or, you know, some a screw comes loose easier than you think it should have, like you put it in a check, put a bit in to check it and you just twist it a little bit and it comes out fairly easily, then you probably need to reset that end and go on. Um, those are all things that will creep up on you over time. Most of those devices have multiple screws, so if one's loose, that's your clue because the other one's going to come loose pretty quickly after that. It's something that gets hot and gets cold and gets hot and gets cold. Again, if you've got a high-quality factory gun, 
paint pen them and go on and only worry about it if the paint pen's odd. If it's a gun you built though, then maybe you want to check that on a regular basis until you're comfortable with your experience being enough to override things that can go wrong. Yeah. What else on the front end of the gun? Uh, sling, I mean, there's a million things, right? Sling yeah. mounts, light any, mounts, sight mounts. Any um, kind of M-lock attachment or Picatinny yep. attachment, um, stuff that gets screwed on. Um, check those fasteners for tightness. Uh, make sure they're Loctited. Um, yeah, if it's key mod and it, you know, make sure things haven't shifted. Yep. Um, make sure you didn't put yeah. it on backwards <clears throat> to begin with. I mean, that was one of the big issues yep. with early key mod stuff is that the design flaw within the system is some of the attachments weren't directional, even though the system was directional. So if you're running old school, non BCM key mod stuff, make sure that if it's, you know, that it's in the right way. And then same thing, anything with threads should get blue Loctite. Yeah. Almost period. And maybe red Loctite depending or rock set, depending on the heat exposure. Um, and again, if you're not sure what kind of heat exposure you're getting at certain parts of the gun and what you should be using, don't do it. Have somebody else do it. Um, or, or get educated on it and go from there. The barrel can yeah. get really hot, and blue Loctite's not going to do anything. I actually had a muzzle device uh, put on by a local um, a local gun store slash gunsmith um, a, on a 11.5-inch gun, good-quality gun, good-quality muzzle device, put on for a suppressor, Surefire muzzle device, put on for a suppressor, and they, the, the gun store used blue Loctite. Oh, goodness. And the conversation, you know, when it came up that, you know, hey, yeah, well, you know, I want you to use Rockset on this, right? Because that's what comes with it. Because they didn't use the Rockset pack in the packaging right. for the muzzle device that all the all the Surefires come with. Um, customer says, hey, what'd you use? Oh, we don't use that. It makes them too hard to get off. That's the whole point. And that was the customer's almost exact response. Well, isn't that the point? Um, and, and the muzzle device came off fairly easily. It might have had rock set on it, but it sure as hell still had blue Loctite on it, so they didn't clean it off. And we think they used blue Loctite on it. Um, you know, there goes your $1,000 can, and there goes your warranty. And is, is, you know, is that store going to pay for that because their gunsmith doesn't know what they're doing or is a clown or both? Yeah. Fun, fun. So that'd be the other thing, you know, again, make sure you have a reputable gunsmith that you're working with. Um, you know, if you have questions about that, call us. We have a couple of guys here locally uh, that are the only guys we recommend, depending on what you need done. Um, we're going to send you to one of a couple people. And there's a reason why we only recommend those other people. Um, so we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, added to, I guess, not, not as critical as, you know, muzzle device installation, but on M-Lock and things. Anytime you got two little tabs that hold stuff on, yep. make sure both tabs are still engaged. Yep. Make sure, you know, one side of your Picatinny rail hasn't decided to pick itself up. Yep. Or things are shifting, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean you're going through and checking all of them. You're checking anything with threads on it that you've added to the gun. Um, and that will include uh, laser aiming devices. That'll include a front sight. If you have a rail mounted front sight or a flip up front sight. Um, you know, going through and doing the PM. Now, if you set these things and done it appropriately with rock set or with, not with rock set, pardon me, with Loctite, right. blue Loctite, whatever the first time through, um, and you paint pinned it, then you're PMing it is simply looking at the paint pen to make sure that it's not loose and go from there. Um, you know, and that is a little bit of this conversation. If you put the gun and you didn't know that last time you went through it or when you build it, this is one of those little tricks. Take a paint marker, mark across it. If it's not something that gets ridiculously hot, maybe you reapply that paint every year so that you can still see it if it's worn off or something like that. Maybe that's your preventative maintenance for that threaded device. Yeah. Uh, but that especially goes for aiming devices, whether that's a laser aiming, IR, or visible. 
um, and, and optics and stuff like that for sure. Anything used for aiming, you definitely want to do that. And then the other stuff, I still think it's a good idea. It's cheap and it doesn't take much time. Yeah. And you can buy a paint pen, you know, at, at Walmart. You can buy a paint pen at um, any of the like hobby stores and stuff like that. There's probably probably Amazon. It's probably 11 billion options. Yeah. You know, get a good quality one and go on. So and in a color that you know either stands way out if you want it, or that doesn't stand out if you need it to not stand out. So. Yeah, honestly, gold, silver, copper work pretty good. They're generally almost invisible until you start looking because they're metallic and you just don't notice them for whatever reason. Yeah, um, yeah. and so, you know, run your way through that. Um, getting into the action of the gun, um, I, I'm going to tell you that, you know, clean your gun. You know, yeah. if you haven't, if you, <laughs> if you don't shoot your rifle very much and you haven't, you know, maybe this is a time of year where, you know, the, the Christmas Eve, let's have some fun yeah. and clean our gun. No, I don't know, whatever. Um, but you know, pull the, pull the BCG out of the gun, run a swab down the barrel. Um, you know, I'm not telling you, you got to get your sweets out and get it like, you know, Marine Corps white glove inspection clean. Um, but you know, get, you know, maybe clean the bore out, understand that you're going to need to go re-season it or run a few rounds through it. So you're not, you know, cold bore clean kind of thing. If, if it's that type of gun and you're concerned about that, if that's the mission for that gun, um, but definitely clean the bolt carrier group. Um, also maybe you want to go as far as you know how, and you have the proper tools to remove the extractor, um, you know, and really strip that bolt down. Um, I had a bolt that probably went 8,000 rounds before there was enough chunks of brass that got behind it, that it shut down the button, the ejector on the bolt, which is actually kind of a pain in the butt to remove. You almost need a tool, um, a jig to do that with, um, you know, that kind of stuff is maybe that once a year, if you shoot enough rounds to go yeah. through and clean that as well and go from there. Um, you know, clean the inside of the gun, all the nooks and crannies, run your grandpa's pipe cleaner through the freaking gas tube. If you've never done that, you Make know, sure the gas key is still where it's supposed yep. to be. Yep. Where it's supposed to be tight, etc. If it was staked, uh, seen some weird stuff, had a couple here recently from good manufacturers that were staked, but not installed properly. That's a different conversation. Um, something like that happens. You find something like that. That's manufacturer issue. That's a warranty issue. Send it back to them. Let them fix it, stake it appropriately. They're probably just going to replace it and be really embarrassed, and they'll do it quickly if they're a good manufacturer. So be aware yeah. of that. Um, gas rings. Gas rings. Break, especially yep. on shorty suppressed guns. Yeah, they, they get eaten. Uh, well, they get worn quickly, and they'll, then they'll sometimes will just fail completely and break and come off the gun. Um, you know, go from there. Uh, there's some like helical gas rings and stuff like that. I don't know if that solves a problem or if that gives you any more wear. Um, I don't know. We, that's something we have too. I'd love to hear back from people. If you've used an alternate system like that, I'd love to hear back from you. Um, you know, three gas rings, um, getting all wrapped around the axle about not having them lined up. Well, you can have the gap lined up. Um, if the gap's lined up and your gun doesn't work right, there's something wrong with your gun. It's really not that big a deal. Um, it's, it, it's some guns will run with just one of them or two of them in there. Um, so that might speak to quality. So, yeah. Um, moving on from the bolt carrier group, trigger pack. Um, yeah, clean it. If you're running a, again, shorty suppressed gun, um, you probably want to pull that out and clean everything real nice. Yep. Um, every, at least once a year, if not every like thousand to 1500 rounds. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to say every thousand to 1500 rounds. Um, even if you're running a mil spec trigger kit or like a Geisley or something like that, one of the SSAs or the gov, the gov triggers or something like that, those will tolerate a lot more. We found, um, there are some brilliant aftermarket triggers out there that have incredible trigger pulls and are pretty damn durable and have proven themselves reliable until you get into blowing lots of crap back into the gun with an overgas suppressor system that's that has a lot of back pressure. Um, some of those brilliant triggers all of a sudden will get dirty and, and kind of start fighting you or just stop altogether. 
Um, so if you have a unitized trigger pack, um, you know, it's something you need to pull out of the gun, get some solvent in it, maybe get a little bit of light compressed air, don't hit it with 120 PSI, you know, but get some solvent in it, get it cleaned out, get a brush in where you can get a brush into it and, and really work on getting it cleaned out on a regular basis. If it's not a shorty suppressed gun, that's still something that can come back to haunt you. Um, so again, if you're running something that's aftermarket, that's really meant to go fast or to be super precise, that maintenance schedule needs to be stepped up. And I would say probably the same maintenance schedule as if you were running a shorty suppressed gun. Yeah. Um, if it's an SSA or a mil spec trigger or like a Bravo PNT or a Geisley um, ACT or something like that, or pardon me, ALG ACT, something like that, um, those will tolerate more, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't go ahead and clean it at Christmas yeah. anyway, because it's a magical time of the year. Uh, to go with that, uh, replacing your safety detent. Yep. Um, good idea if once a year. Yep. Um, or again, if you're running that shorty suppressed gun, um, when you when you do the rebuild on the lower, like just replace that part. Yeah, it it's will, cheap. It will keep your safety um, functioning nice and smooth and happy. Yep. Um, it will prevent you from wearing a callus into your thumb. Uh, when you're dry firing it yeah the, the other thing too with this a lot of these detents guys uh some of these parts are they're 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 tool steel they're good quality parts but they're plated for lubricity and the plating will wear through and again that maintenance cycle uh, the crap being blown back into the gun suppressed shorty uh with a di type system you know if you're running something piston that doesn't blow it back in there then maybe not but if you're running a di gun and it gets dirty you know what your gun looks like you know if it's nasty that's a cheap, easy thing to replace. Pop the grip off, put a new D10 in, and go roll on about your business. Yeah. Just make sure you put a quality one in there. Um, anything else in the receiver? I mean, you know, just keep the damn thing clean. Yeah, keep keep track of like if you're running. Make sure your buffer return, your buffer spring is yes. totally covered in schmutz. <laughs> Highly may, technical gunsmithing term there, schmutz. Yeah, you may want to be, you know, pulling that out, wipe it down. Um, that, that part doesn't get lubricated, but we do want to keep it relatively clean. Yep. Um, you may, you know, clean out the buffer tube, you know, compressed air. Yeah. Put a rag in there, you know, clean it out, whatever. Um, same with the, the buffer detent pin. Um, yeah. I had one that honestly looked like it had been, like, worked in, on an oil refinery yeah. for a couple yeah, of years. Yeah, they'll get nasty. It was, it was covered in... It was it, there was what's piled up on top of it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and then to go with that, you know, make sure your castle nut is still tight. Um, if it's been staked properly, it shouldn't have moved. And that should be but visually like, that should be visually obvious. Yeah. Again, like a paint pen. Um, but if it wasn't staked, uh, or if you got one of the ratcheting systems, you know, make sure all that stuff is still good to go. Yeah. Um, any kind of screw attachments or things on your stock. Um, make sure that stuff's still tight. Law folders, same conversation. Yeah. If it's a law folder, if you installed it properly, you use Loctite, you use the set screw, uh, did all the stuff you were supposed to do, you should be good to go. But go over it and make sure everything's where it's supposed to be and in place and tight um, for sure. Uh, again, I'll stress one more time, no lube in the buffer tube. Uh, it attracts a lot of dust, a lot of crap, a lot of grit, and it will cause more problems that will solve. There's also a small vent at the back of the buffer tube or receiver extension that it can kind of pill up and end up in that vent and that'll shut the gun down or slow things down, make it act funny. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just those minor, you know, just cleaning it out. If you do need to clean it out, if there's enough stuff in it, um, like a shotgun bore brush, like a 12 gauge bore brush, uh, it, you might have to wiggle it around in there a little bit um, to hit both sides. That's what she said. Um, and work your way down through there and make sure you get to the back of it too. pop the stock off and make sure that some of the bristles from the brush are hitting the bottom um, and go from there.
So, yeah. you know, just basic maintenance stuff, guys, basic cleaning stuff. Um, slings. Oh, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. Any Anything else on the gun proper that we haven't covered? Uh, clean the glass on your optic. If you haven't cleaned the glass yeah. on your optic, you sneezed on it, you snotted on it, it snowed on it, it rained on it, you know, your dog licked it, you know, whatever. Um, get in there and clean the glass on the optic and look at it. Make sure that everything seems to be seated properly and it's where it's supposed to be. Um, yeah, to go with that on the optic, um, you know, make sure if you give it a wiggle, make sure it's still tight. Yeah. Uh, make sure your rings, if you're running a, an actual scoped optic, you know, the rings are still tight or the mount is still tight. Yeah. Um, all of the, a lot, of, a lot of those mounts, you got anywhere from four to eight screws. You yeah. Know, make sure all all eight screws are where they're supposed to be. Um, recommend, you know, witness marking all eight screws. Yeah, if you haven't paint pinned them, you know, maybe that's the time to go through the torque wrench, yeah. check them. Um, if something's loose, run it to the, you know, pull it out, blue Loctite it. And if you, and if everything's where you want it to be on the gun, um, understand you're, you know, this might be frustrating because you may have to go re-zero that optic if it's a legit magnified optic or, you know, or either way, if it's just a dot. But if you didn't put blue Loctite on them, if the manufacturer says don't put blue Loctite on your mount screws, okay, fine, but torque them appropriately. But if you find one of them loose, then there's a conversation about going through and putting that little dot of blue Loctite on each one of them, running them back down. Um, if you have a cheap mount or a cheap optic, the screws may be smaller hardware and blue Loctite may create some heartburn because if it's cheap hardware, it may strip out with just blue Loctite and that sucks, I get it. If you bought a good mount, the hardware will be beefy. It will be made out of a harder metal, um, and you'll be able to run it down to proper torque values with blue Loctite and keep it there. So, you know, strip one, each screw out yeah. one at a time, run them back down, blue Loctite it, torque it, go on, and, and make sure that everything's the way it should be, and then witness mark it, and then maybe you won't have to do that again. Maybe Christmas is more fun next year. Yeah, um, and then to go with that, you know, go to 50 yards or whatever you'd normally zero at. Yeah. Shoot a three-shot group. Um, it should be where you expect it. Um, if it's not, you know, re-zero the gun. Yeah, if it needs tweaked, it needs tweaked. Yeah, yep. you know, a three, three-shot three group, provided you can do what you're supposed to do with the trigger <laughs> and yeah. make the gun work, yeah. um, you know, will give you a good bit of peace of mind that you still have, you know, point of aim, point of impact um, with your optic or your irons. Absolutely. Um, on the, the mount topic, we cut same thing for uh, lights and accessories like that too. Again, if you're running whatever light you're running on the gun, check the mounting system. Check your cables to make sure none of your cables are frayed or exposed if you've got pressure pads and stuff like that. If you have routing, mounting systems, whether that's zip ties, uh, ranger bands, whatever, confirm all that stuff serviceable in good condition, not dried out, cracked, ready to give up on you. Yeah. Um, you know, all those different things. Check the battery, check the battery compartment, make sure there's no corrosion. Um, you know, a lot of times the only time we look in a battery compartment is when the battery dies. So, you know, work your way through that too um, and just make sure everything's ready to go. Yeah. Um, reapply chapstick or cat crap or whatever to the lens of the optic reapply um, a non-petroleum based lubricant to any o-rings to keep them healthy if they need replaced um, replace them kind of thing most yep. of the manufacturers will send those out to you if your lens is really jacked up on your light a lot of manufacturers if the lens is replaceable they'll send you a new lens um, if it's not you can a lot of times send it back in and they'll warranty that out um, so be aware of that too um, and then working your way through like slings and stuff like that. If you have your slings taped in place to keep them quiet, everything's trimmed up the way it should be. Go through that stuff. Make sure it's in good shape. Um, if you're using QDs, make sure there's no corrosion in the inside yep. the QD. Yeah, those ball detents. 
like the ball defense don't move freely and don't snap back into place when you need them to. Or even if they're delayed, like if it's just crunchy, um, you know, if you squirt some lube in those and it's still crunchy, they're trash, replace them. And if it's something where you train out in the weather, that's an item that can be very, very hard to dry out. And it is something that can fail on you. Um, I know some guys who, who have way more experience than I that do not like QD attachments because they've seen them fail. Now, some of these guys have worked in maritime or, or littoral environments where you're dealing with salt water and stuff like that. So be aware of your environment, too. That may be contraindicated based yeah. on where you're at. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, silty, sandy stuff um, tends to make those things fail, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, it tends to make everything fail. Um, yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, I mean, and again, guys, we're... I'm sure there's other things here that we're missing, um, but go through and check out, you know, on the sling, check out the buckles and stuff like that. Uh, some of the slings, if you have metal buckles, if they're bent, um, somebody stepped on the sling or God knows what, it got closed in the safe door or something like that. Um, if it's bent, it's probably not going to slide or move or just appropriately. Um, and then if it's plastic, you know, go over it, bend it a little bit, make sure it's not cracked. Some of these things fail over time. If it's a good quality sling, it's probably an ITW Nexus kind of buckle or something that's really high yeah. quality. But even that stuff, um, if it got stepped on, if it got crunched in a safe door, car door, whatever, it, it can give up. And so just go through and check them. You might not know it until it's stressed. Um, if you don't go through and look at it and flex it kind of like the holster kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I don't, there's probably a million other little things that we're forgetting, but it's all the same kind of idea. If it's attached to the gun, check it out. If it's got threads, check it out. If it can move, check it out. Um, if you can make it not move, make it not move and then mark it so you can tell if it moved. Um, if it's a scope cap, if it's a, um, you know, your zero on your gun, this, that, or the other, you know, maybe mark those things too. Some of these optics have exposed zero adjustments, uh, windage elevation adjustments, some of the aim point and Trigicon products, yeah. mark them. Mark them, you know, that, that, that way you know. Maybe, you know, I don't know, you left your kid alone with your gun and they screwed the caps off and played with your adjustment because, man, it's kind of fun to listen to it click. Don't do that. Don't. Just don't. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I'm not going to beat that up. Uh, all this stuff goes to your other gear, too. Yep. If it matters, check it. If it's a spotting scope, mount system for a spotting scope, I don't know, whatever. If that's critical to your mission, to your job, to your hunt. Um, backpacks, slings on backpacks, other packs, uh, straps. Buckles, zippers, go through them, check them out. PM your shit. It's fun. Plus, you can do it while you're watching Die Hard. There you go. You can put your headlight on, your little headlamp on, yep. in a dark room watching Die Hard and look at stuff. It won't freak your neighbors out. It'll be fine. That's all I got. Yeah. Um, on that note, we come across <laughs> things such as this, um, along with what we sometimes what we can get in the store. Um, we post it up. On our social media, on Facebook, we're Cap City Outfitters. On Instagram, we're Cap City Outfitters 2. Um, hopefully, the commie bastards at Meta have realized the error of their ways and will give us the freedom to post more fun things. Um, but we're not holding our breath. Uh, so you should sign up for our email newsletter that comes out on Fridays. Uh, we have a lot more freedom to show you cool pictures of guns and fun things we've gotten at the store. Yes. Um, you can sign up for that on our website, capcityoutfitters.com. Or send us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com. We will add you to the newsletter list. Also, on the website, you can find information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. And then we're here in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. We're in front of the Aldi's. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Drill. Uh, we're here Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 5, and Saturdays, 10 to 3. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in.